0: Okay, welcome back for episode two. Today, I think I'm gonna have a nice glass of Pinot Noir. The weather's getting a little bit colder outside as we head into winter, so I'm really loving my reds. Okay, that's the important stuff done. All right, if you loved episode one and are already seeing results converting more inquiries into in-person consultations, you're going to love today's episode where we're going to be talking about pricing and packaging strategies. Okay, because hands up if you feel like your expenses are going up, but you're feeling scared to put up your package prices because you're scared you're going to lose sales oh my goodness, I was looking at my pricing all the time, just going, man, I'm constantly laying out money. I'm constantly giving money out, but I can't afford to lose any sales. I don't want to put my price up. Well, that's how I was feeling. And i got really good news because there is another way. So to give you a little bit of a background about me, I love going to the gym, probably because I love eating and I try super hard to be healthy, but I just find it such a struggle to find the time to prepare healthy meals. So for me, Boost Juice is like a total lifesaver. I'm a bit of a Boost Juice obsessive, actually. I promise this isn't a paid ad. And they're not everywhere like a McDonald's is. So if I pass one, I kind of feel like, ooh, I should get one because it's right there. And then I think to myself, you know what? I'm actually not that hungry, but I love the taste so much. And I feel like I'm eating out and I feel like I'm being healthy. Maybe I'll just get a small one today. So then I walk up to place my order. I'm thinking I'm going to spend about $7. My go-to favorite is the Weekend Warrior, which is actually $7.30. And when I get there, I think, man, the price difference is only 50 cents to upgrade to the original size. I'd be crazy not to. So now I'm forking at about $7.80. And you know what I'm thinking? I'm going to make this my lunch as well. It's Sunday in the morning. I won't have lunch. I'll make this my lunch as well. So I'll just, I'll get it. I'll go to the original size. And then I think, well, this is going to be a meal. I feel like I need to physically eat something as well. So in that case, I'll get a protein ball as well. And you can get three protein balls for $6. So I can save one up for today, afternoon tea today and tomorrow as well. Okay, bargain. I'm going to get the lot. So now I've talked myself into going from $7 up to $13.80. And you know what? I've justified it all in my own mind and I honestly feel like I'm saving money. You know, whatever goes through my mind, I'm apportioning across different days and meals. But I don't tell the person behind the counter that. I just order it and walk away. The main thing is, though, that I wanted all of those items. I love the fact that Boost Juice makes me feel good when I purchase from them. I love the fact that they thought about my needs. They thought about the fact of, you know what, sometimes a smoothie is just not enough. You need to eat something physical as well. So then they gave me the convenience of being able to purchase that in the one place. And you know what? I usually get my kids Boost Juices too because then we all feel like we're being super healthy. And I end up spending around 20, 30 times and I go back again and again I knew in advance what the upsell items were, they met my needs, I wanted them, and I had no buyer remorse. So providing your couples with something they want, taking the time to think about their needs, and offer them additional items that they need when they're getting married. It's a busy time. You're offering them convenience. They're not going to think bad of you because they spent more than they intended. They're actually going to be thanking you for making their life easier. They're wedding better and offering such amazing customer service. I mean, they've trusted you enough to invest in one item. Why wouldn't they choose you to invest in more? So that's what your prices and packages needs to focus on. Back to that old chestnut of serving rather than selling at your couples. If you're honestly, genuinely giving them things they need and providing them with something that they need, then I see that as, as being super helpful customer service as opposed to upselling. Okay, so let's chat about the steps in creating a package and setting prices for our couples. So our first step is to work out what our product or service costs us to produce. Okay, I already heard people just starting to snore and go, oh God, this is the boring accounting part. Okay, let's see if we can make this a little bit easier. And to be honest, when we work one-on-one and I do business coaching with my businesses, um, this is something I actually help you through a lot because I know it can get a little bit complicated. But just as an overview, I want you to think about not just the cost of the product, but also how much time does it take to service one wedding? Take into consideration how many jobs you're going to be able to do that year. Now, we're quite unique in the wedding industry. There are fewer weddings at Christmas time, fewer weddings in winter. Everyone wants to get married on a Saturday. So if you've worked out how many sales you're aiming to make, keep in mind how many actual revenue earning days you have in a year and start thinking about whether you're going to need to scale up the number of people working in your business if you're actually going to be able to hit the kind of sales that you want to achieve. So our first step is to work out not only what it costs for us to produce that item or that package or you know a base level of service. We also wanna think about how much time it takes us and how many possible times that we can sell it. All right, so step two is to check out what the competition are charging. Now, I'm not saying we need to copy them and that this is important, but we do really need to be aware of what other people in our industry are including in their packages so that we can understand and appreciate what our clients are comparing us with. A question I get asked a lot is, should you put your prices on your website? Now, look, I'm not a fan. My goal is to start a conversation with my client. If I put my pricing on my website, I've answered all of those first questions that they think they have, and they won't have a reason to interact with me. And I honestly believe that one of the most important things that our couples receive when they book us is our customer service. We don't just turn up, shoot. We have consultations beforehand to discuss their day. We have galleries of photo locations that they can use as a resource to plan their day. We give them a complete multimedia viewing in our studio after their wedding. We turn their photos around in three weeks. Even just being in our studio is gorgeous and a luxury experience we take the time to select the best photos and color correct those photos for their set of proofs rather than just giving them everything they have to wander through. I honestly, in my heart, believe that we provide a higher level of service than pretty much every other photographer out there. And that's what I honestly believe in my heart. And I need to be able to educate our clients on everything we do before I give them the price to make them ensure they appreciate our value. So if I put our prices on our website, they'll see what they believe they need to know, move on and our conversation will never get started. Actually, it's funny. When you think about it, what is the first question our couples always ask? How much do you cost? What's a package cost? What's the cost going to be? And the reason they ask that is only because they've never planned a wedding before and they don't know a better question to ask. So our role is to guide them through this process so that they're making an educated decision about getting the best value for their specific day, not just the cheapest operator who doesn't know what they're doing and gives everyone in our industry a bad name. So step two is to be aware of what your competitors are charging, how they're structuring their charges so that you can be competitive in the eyes of your client and realize what you do that's more that others aren't offering. So step three is to then set a price or create a package that we believe is worthwhile our time to do and is competitive within the marketplace and gets our clients in the door. So just like in the Boost Juice example, if we structure our pricing correctly, our base package just needs to qualify them, you know, to ensure if I'm looking at the overall Boost Juice stand, I'm like, yes, I'm happy to go over there and spend $7 and I can spend $7 if I want to. We want to make sure that our client knows that a smoothie is $7 at the same time. We want someone who knows and realizes that a smoothie will cost $7 and that they value healthy food and that they value the convenience of an instant meal. And they weren't actually just after a $3 can of Coke. So what we want to do is give them an idea of what our prices are, a minimum starting point so that then they can go, yes, I can afford this and I can get that brand if that's what I want. Number four is create a second package that is not too much more cost but has tons of value in it another great example of this oh my gosh i get hooked into this one every time i go to Hoyt's it seems insane to get the small popcorn and a small soft drink when for only 50 cents more you're practically doubling what you receive you know you get a huge popcorn and a huge drink i mean how many times have we done that right the second package is what we want to sell because it's so much more awesome value for such a little bit more price okay so we've got our second package in place it's giving tons more stuff but not for very much more price. Okay, so our fifth step is that we then want to create a third and a fourth package with even more bells and whistles. That is even more insane value. Now, there are clients out there who only want the best. These higher packages are for them. The key, again, is to keep thinking about what your client wants rather than what you want to shove at them. So, for example, in photography, it's really low cost for us to give them some extra prints. So I can include a whole bunch of extra 5 by 7 inch postcard size prints in their package for very little physical cost, although I have been discovered they take up a lot of time. So that's where we're getting a balance on that. And that's great. They were getting a whole lot of extra prints in their package. But then I found a lot of my couples were like, well, I don't need prints. Can I take these out and get a lower price? I don't want the prints in my package. So then I thought about how can I serve my couples? What is it that they need? And so I switched how I described the prints and made them something that served them. And now we list the packages including. Two by 12 inch prints as gifts for mum and dad. Eight postcard size prints as gifts for your godparents and grandparents. Christmas presents are all sorted. Suddenly, everyone wanted to include the prints in the package because no longer were they just an extra item I was chucking on the end. They were an item that the client needed and they knew served a purpose and would help them. Now, in a minute, I'm going to be chatting to you about the order in which you display your pricing and I just wanted to mention that if you're a company that quotes instead of doing packages, all the same things still apply. Often people have seen Instagram and they fall into the trap of wanting something that is well outside their price range. But what you can always do is provide them with different scaled levels for their quote, something that hits exactly what they've requested, something that's more within their ballpark and something that goes above. Okay, so I'm going to come back to quoting in a second. Now, our final step when we're organizing our pricing and packages is to think about the order in which we show the prices. Don't just start at the lowest and work your way to the top because you're going to start to blow them out of the water. What we want to do is use it as a comparison so that our base price seems really low and our middle price, that one that we want to sell package to, seems like amazing value for not too much more money. Okay, so we've got package one, which is the least we're willing to do the job for that gets people in the door and qualifies them. And that's what gets emailed out and is that price that everyone knows about. Package two, better value, heaps more in it and not very much more money. Package three, a few more bells and whistles. It's getting a little bit more expensive. Package four, OTT all the way. That's the one for people that just want it all and want the best. Okay, so when I take my couples through the packages, I'm going to show them package two, which I've labeled as my most popular, because at the end of the day, it actually is. I'm going to start with this and say, look, this is definitely the best value. This gets the most in it. And by the time our couple's finish, this is where most people end up around. And I'll explain my package two. I'll then go back and explain my package one. And let people know that, look, if package two is a little bit more than you feel comfortable with, I don't say too expensive because that's just rude. Who knows where people feel most comfortable? I always talk using the phrase wherever you feel most comfortable. Okay, so if package two is a little bit more than you feel comfortable with, package one is a really great base starting package. All right. So that's a little bit of an overview for our packages and pricing. I know that there are some areas in there that are a little bit more complicated, especially when it comes to working out your cost of sales, how much it costs to produce an item and how much it costs in terms of time. Now, those can be quite specific to your industry. So if you would like to chat with me personally, I do have courses available where we can actually do one-on-one training together and I can take you through in depth exactly how we actually analyze all those calculations. And then that way we can also work out what discount we're able to give while still generating a profit. All right, well, that's the end of episode two. I hope you've enjoyed it. In coming up episodes, we're going to be chatting about the three stages of an in-person consultation that converts into a sale. After that, we're going to be looking at how to sell without selling. Like I keep saying, it's my favorite. No one wants to be a hardcore salesperson. It's all about serving. So I'm going to get into that in even more depth. We're also going to be chatting about creating an experience, overcoming objections and closing, a scary one for a lot of people. So we're going to be looking at how we can identify what our common objections are and how we can overcome those, how to follow up on clients that are still thinking and how to increase our sales to existing clients. So we've got some really cool episodes coming up. Can't wait to chat to you all again soon.